Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality. Welcome back to Let's Get Haunted with your hosts, Natalia and Allie. We are now like Madonna. We are last nameless and mm-hmm. you should just recognize who we are. And I reserve the right to change my name at any time. Yes, correct. I'm like Prince. Am yeah. I going to have a symbol for a name at some point? Maybe because you guys won't stop doxing me. The more I hear you say your name, I'm kind of like, what if that was my name? Like, I kind of like that. I realized that some people are confused about our voices online. <laughs> are they? Yeah. I, some of the people that have found us through Spotify's algorithm think that your the blonde one and mm. that I'm the brunette oh my goodness I wait no whoa. whoa what does that what mean? does that even mean I don't know oh my god but somebody tweeted at me the other day and was like Allie when you were talking about this on the podcast and I it was something I didn't recognize and then I was like wait a minute that was something you were talking about <gasps> so I tweeted them back and I was like oh that was actually Natalia and they were like wait which one of you is the brunette one like which one of you is the blonde one like they had it backwards oh my goodness no that is so I don't know what that is but there's a judgment yeah there's a judgment in there somewhere (laughs) that is haunted but i don't know what it is it is a hundred percent haunted possessed you're going home with ghosts yeah a (laughs) hundred percent also maybe people think that we have just merged into one person yeah it's possible it seems that way sometimes sometimes yeah we're either on the same page like 100 percent, or we're just like at each other's throats (laughs) about something there's no in between and that's friendship you guys it's never a dull moment no that's right speaking of never a dull moment do you want to tell everyone where we are Shit. right now we <laughs> you know what let me start by saying this you guys i'm so grateful for this audience we have that expects so little of us so fucking grateful and you guys you really heard my cries the last time we asked thank for donations you. thank you where so i was much. crying on a bed with a piece of chicken leg <laughs> that fell off yeah the bone. saying i would quote end myself if you guys didn't <laughs> donate to us while um people are banging on keyboards in the background and making pancakes and ramming their knees into front doors we are not recording in uh the house we were recording in last time for anyone that was tuned in last week just take a fucking guess where we are right now hold on let's take a pause correct take a fucking guess give you five four three two wait wait wait. one but also let me give you a multiple choice (laughs) okay yeah okay you guys listening at home following along do you think that we are either in a someone's living room Mm mm-hmm B, someone's garage. Three, wait, C. C, someone's car. Car. Uh, D, in an airport hangar 
uh, <laughs> that, that we broke into. It's all it's of It's all of those. <laughs> it's literally every single one of those. So we are sitting in a car right now. In an airport hangar. hangar. Airplane hangar? What's it even it's called? An, this is in an airplane hangar slash At an garage. airport. At an airport. That's also someone's house. So let me paint this picture, guys. Alyssa literally had to drive onto an active runway. An active, Natalia texted me and was like, hey, um, so when you get to the gate and you put in the code, can you call me first? Because this is an active runway. I was like, where the fuck am I going? Yeah. But we did it. We but made we it. we fucking did it. And so we are sitting inside my car and our host is super, super nice. Oh which my is God, like so nice. A 100% change. I think that this person is like in that space where they're like, wow, a podcast, celebrities. Oh my goodness. Little do they know. Right. Who are we? Nobody. Nobody. Haunted. Absolutely. No one even, people can't even tell which one is us. Like We're which one is me. Emerged and which amorphous blob of like half brunette, half blonde, and nobody's quite sure what we do or who we are. Now, if you are one of those creative people that makes us fan art and is like, what am I going to make next? If someone could please make like a job of the hut that's like both <laughs> me and Alyssa and like everything we've ever talked about, like coming out at all different angles. Oh my God. Wait, oh. have you ever seen the infamous baby photo of me? That no. looks exactly like Jabba the fucking Hut. <laughs> no. <laughs> Let me find it. Let's talk about um, some more about where we are while I'm scrolling through my photos trying to find this because I take way too many photos of things that don't matter and then I don't delete them. And then my computer There's... memory and phone memory fill up and I can't use it for things I need. And that's a metaphor for my life. It is. Yeah, it is a metaphor. You have to just get out with the old and in, in with, with the, the new, new, baby. 2020, yeah. no Good negative vibes. hauntings. What was our, what did we say? Positive hauntings. Positive Hauntings only. Speaking of, mm-hmm. I don't know if you guys have been following along, but Alyssa and I are shooting a pilot for being the live stream host of this brand called Shein, which is the fifth largest distributor of clothing in the world. In the fucking world. Bigger than Amazon, bigger than H&M, bigger than Forever 21. I found Jabba the Hut. Let me see. Oh my God. That is me. No, As, this is Describe a, this to this the is listeners. A, a baby with not like a cute double chin like no like that thing that you see on a rabbit yeah you know what i'm talking about like this is like a gobble on a turkey yeah like, and yeah. and you're making this face that's kind of just like the face dj Khaled makes after he says anything offensive and do you see my fist you what? look like yeah i'm a fat fucking baby yeah, come look fight at, me yeah <laughs> and you know what that's also kind of on brand for me i, I want to circle back for a second so this yes. whole thing about us being live stream hosts now i don't want you guys to get this idea that like oh my god things are good for them they're making money they're doing this because no um, no no i'm not going to go into detail about it because i also want this job and i want the cross promotion which is why i even got us this i just want our (laughs) podcast to just take off guys i'm in fucking survival mode i'm ready to do whatever the fuck it takes to get out of this ghetto that is my life (laughs) and if that means working my ass off like we're waking up at five o'clock in the morning to edit this bullshit before our jobs like we're gonna fucking do it we're gonna do it we're gonna do whatever it takes to get the content out to you mostly on time 80 percent of the time (laughs) it's on time 100 percent of the time and those other 20 percent of the times are because we have serious shit we had to do 
do that you guys don't even see. Sometimes we just lose a quarter of the audio. And you know what? We put that episode out anyway, missing a quarter of the audio. Right. This is a perfect time to thank our donors. Donors! Hold on. I'm opening my car door. Can you hear it? Wait. Can you guys hear the echo right now? I just opened the car door to get my phone. (laughs) I can't believe... Wait, can I take a picture of this? Oh, sure. If you guys are listening and can hear this, um, I'm taking a picture. This is what we're doing right now. This is our life. It looks kind of... The problem is it looks kind of cool. This has been so much ADHD. Like, I feel like... Do people like this? No. That's why we got so many streams on the last episode. Because we didn't have an intro? Yes. I loved that intro where it was just like yelling. So we'd love to thank our donors right now. (laughs) Raphael E. Taj P. Hannah M. Taylor M. Mary S. Mike Z. Patricia S. Nabila A. Brian R. Max M. Heather B. Efrain P. Skylar F. Caesar C. Thank you guys so much. Oh my God. Love you. (laughs) Natalia is dying of coronavirus. I'm, I'm, I'm gonna... And she's going to have a sip of water. Thank you guys so much for donating to our podcast. We literally can't do this without donors. Yeah. Because we don't have any other form of income for this podcast. We don't. We actually actually lose money on this podcast. Sometimes we break even. Rarely. Rarely. So if you guys want to help us and support us, if you want to donate, you can donate to at USA or at NatStron on Venmo. Mm-hmm. Or you can go to paypal.me forward slash NatStron. I also have cash app. Fuck, I don't remember what it is. Search Natalia Just, Strong. Just figure it out. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and then I have a coffee account, which is ko-fi.com, I think forward yeah. slash dog mom USA. The other thing I was going to say is for people who want to support us, follow us on everything at Let's Get Haunted on Twitter at let's get haunted on instagram mm-hmm. email us your listener stories at let's get haunted pod pod at mm-hmm. gmail.com that's like literally the only leverage we have like the only way that we're even getting to do this live stream for this big company is Alyssa and i literally showed up to the meeting with a printed out graph of like our Correct. streams and we were like look february this time last year can i say what how our streams yeah you can i was like it. february this time last year we had less than five thousand streams yeah and then this february we had seventy. You guys, we were just under 70,000 streams for the month of February 2020. Right. And I could not fucking believe it. I know. It's like we're we're so close to being successful. I can taste it. Also, there's people with less streams that have Have sponsorships and money. And I'm just like, how do people not value us? But it's also Um, I'm not into this like corporate bullshit. Yeah. Like I like being like I I like having to sponsored by dental floss. I don't use it. I'm not gonna pretend. Yeah. I don't want to be like, hey guys, listen to these pairs of pants. Like my gums bleed when I go to the dentist. I can't fucking afford floss. Yeah. Or a dentist. Yeah. I'm not going to play that game. (laughs) So, Natalia, are you ready to hear about today's story that I wrote for you? Yeah. I didn't make it up. It's a real story, but I did write it for you. What could it possibly be? Have you... Wait. wait. Let me guess. Okay, guess. Is it like fucking uh, poking butthole windows on... (laughs) On Edinburgh Row. Oh, you didn't like the scratching fanny of Cock Lane? I just, I just can't. I can't take that kind of story right now. Like, well, luckily for you, this is a really sad one that oh. that did happen. Like a hundred percent. Like scratching fanny, probably a scam, right? That right. guy was running a scam no so that he getting, could like yeah. have sex with that girl right. while her husband was out of town. Yeah, he was a scammer. He's a scammer. This is not a scammer story. What is it? Have you ever heard of the disappearance of Lars Matonk? 
No. Who's Lars Matong? Mm. Is he a Scandinavian person? Oh, I'm so glad you asked me. Lars was a German man born February 19th, 1986, who went on vacation with a group of his friends in 2014 when something mysterious happened to him that would lead him to be described as, quote, the most famous missing person on YouTube. Lars worked at the Wilhelm Shaven Power Station in a small coastal town called Itzehoe. <laughs> That could not be a real place. Are you kidding me? <laughs> yeah, like, it's a hoe. Let me... How do you spell that? I T Z E H O E. It's a hoe. It's a hoe. It's German. I don't know. We no, have a lot of German know. listeners. I people don't know. are. Yeah, people go, I apparently I don't even know how to pronounce Newfoundland correctly. Yeah. So just have low expectations for me at any given time. All right, it's a hoe. Okay, Fine. I'll let it go. Great. So he uh, works at a power station in It's a hoe in Lower Lower Saxony in Northwest Germany. On June thirtieth, two thousand fourteen, the then twenty eight year old Lars traveled to the seaside resort of Golden Sands, Bulgaria, with a group of four male friends for a boys' vacation. There, the men checked into the hotel Viva Club, where they planned to spend approximately eight days drinking and soaking up the sun. Viva Club has been described as a popular party resort for German tourists, similar to Ibiza. Mm, so it's a shit show. People are doing shit cocaine in the bathroom. I'm sure. Um, there's people hooking up with people they've never even met before. Correct. Uh, yeah. Like, I don't like, know any of this for a fact, that, but yes. But... <laughs> yeah. Okay. So basically it's these all hours of the day and night partying. A hundred percent. So that's a group of five total, right? Cause it's Lars, four of his German friends. Right. They're all from Germany. Yeah. They go to the popular German tourist town in Bulgaria. It's a hoe. It's a ho- No, they're from, it's a hoe. Oh. They're going to Bulgaria and the name of the town right. is Golden Sands. It's a okay. resort. Okay. Six days into the boys' trip on July 6, 2014, Lars and his boys got really drunk at a pub called The Rock Bar while watching a football game, which is European football, obviously, not American football. So, soccer? Soccer. They decided to go to McDonald's to get some late night food, and somehow Lars got separated from the rest of his group while inside McDonald's. Sorry. Okay, no, I like have been here before. Yeah, me too. That's why I'm laughing. Right. I'm remembering all I'm, the times. I'm thinking of that time when we were at the um, Oktoberfest and we went into a McDonald's and then there was someone there who recognized us from Sugar Pine 7. Yeah. And we've never felt more famous in our life. And nobody was there to witness it except for me and you. And like, we were also and like super drunk, had been like drinking all day for like 13 hours. Did not look good at all. Did, yeah, like. Also at Oktoberfest, everyone got separated at one point. Right. You remember that? Yeah. yeah. So I sympathize with you, Lars. I have definitely been there in a foreign country separated from my friends because I'm too drunk. Is that when he went missing? So during the time that he was separated from his friends, Lars got into a fight with four other men after a disagreement over soccer. Lars, a fan of the football club, Werder Bremen, got into an argument with fans of Borussia or Borussia Dortmund. During the fight, Lars was punched in the right side of his head, resulting in him going to the hospital the following day on July 7th. Lars would later tell his friends that the men who jumped him were, quote, a group of either Russians or locals who had been hired to beat him up. What? Some sources say that his friends did not believe him about the fight, but that they let it go. Once at the hospital, Lars was diagnosed with a ruptured eardrum and, according to some sources, either a possible concussion or an injured jaw. 
According to at least one article I read, doctors recommended that Lars receive surgery on his ear, but he refused as he did not want to receive serious medical treatment outside of his home country of Germany. In any case, Lars was prescribed an antibiotic called Cefuroxime 500 to prevent any infection in his ear while it healed. Two days after the fight, on July 8th, Lars and his friends went to the airport to catch their flight home from vacation. Lars called his mom when he got to the airport and mentioned the fight to her and told her that his ear had been bothering him ever since. Upon his mother's insistence, Lars went to see another doctor in the airport. Did you know they have doctors in the airport? I mean, it makes sense, but I just never thought about it. Yeah, no, it makes sense. But I just, I can't see that being a thing here in America. No, I neither can I. I feel like when you get to the airport, they're like, fuck you. Fuck you, get on the plane. Right. If it crashes and you get sucked out the window like that one <laughs> Southwest flight, like, you deserve it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, did, yeah, basically. Yeah, they're yeah. like, oh, you need this insulin to survive? Well, we're going to throw it in the trash before you can go on your plane. And by the way, it's $6,000 for me to throw it in the trash, even though you don't want me to. <laughs> okay so so he's talking to his mom on the phone right and he's like hey mom my I, I don't know I got in a fight someone punched me in the head my ear is bothering me I went to the hospital they said I need surgery on it right. because I have a punctured eardrum but I don't want to do it but I don't trust them yeah because they're not German right so and his mom being a good mom is like you're stupid go to another doctor and figure right. out what you need because that sounds really serious mm-hmm. So he goes to a doctor at the airport and the doctor confirms that his eardrum was indeed ruptured and that it would be inadvisable to fly so soon since the changes in cabin pressure on the airplane could cause further damage to his ear in addition to causing unbearable pain. Yeah, that would be horrible. Horrific. First of all, I can't even imagine how much it would hurt to be punched in the face. So so let's start with that. Yeah, right. By four men who might have been hired. Yeah, who may have been hired (laughs) Russian mobsters. Yeah. Okay. Okay, and then so baseline, this is already going to hurt. Okay, second level of it hurting, his eardrum is punctured. Dude, I went, I had once a really bad sinus infection when we were coming back from Scotland on the plane. Yeah, and so my ears were like full of fluid or whatever. And then while I was on the plane, it was literally unbearable at the landing. And that was just like a really bad sinus infection. Yeah, I thought my ears had burst. Like I was, I had my fingers like on the hole in my ear and I just kept expecting to just see like covered in blood and like fluid. And that wasn't even having it ruptured and someone saying I needed surgery. Exactly. So this is like a completely different level of pain and also changes in cabin pressure. Like it kind of makes sense. I mean, imagine just going up in a plane. I have to pop my ears 20 times in a plane anyway. Now, if you can't do that, that's going to be super uncomfortable and I'm not a doctor, but I could totally see how that crystals are going to fly out of your ears and puncture other people. That's how my eardrum got punctured in the first place is I shoved crystals in there for good luck. Um, okay, so the doctor <laughs> the doctor says to Lars, hey, man, you can't fly. And Lars has to tell his friends that he has to stay behind for an extra day on the doctor's orders. His friends offer to stay behind with him the extra day in Bulgaria, but Lars refused, saying that it was, quote, no big deal and not to worry about him. One of Lars' friends would later give a television interview to a German news station where he described his last interaction with Lars and stated that Lars seemed, quote, relaxed and in a, quote, good mood when they parted ways. Lars left his friends at Varna Airport and checked into a cheap hotel in a sketchy part of Bulgaria called Hotel Color, located a short 14-minute drive or 8.4 kilometers from the airport, according to Google Maps. Sometime after Lars checked into his hotel, he again called his mother. This time, Lars was hysterical and panicked, yelling at his mother to cancel his credit cards because he was being followed by some men who were trying to kill him. 
Oh, my God. Lars' mother, Sandra Matonk, told a German TV station, I thought, God, my son is in danger. I could hear his heart pounding over the phone. He said people were trying to rob him or kill him. He also sent a text message to his mother asking her to look up what the antibiotics he had been prescribed by the physician were. According to CCTV footage of that hotel, Hotel Color, the sketchy one he's staying in, Matonk was seen flustered, pacing up and down the hotel foyer, looking out the windows, and even hiding in an elevator like Elisa Lamb did. No, haunted. Yes. Reports state that Lars left the hotel at 1 a.m. before returning later. To this day, no one knows where Lars was during this time. At 3 a.m., Lars allegedly called his mother again and told her in a low whisper that he was hiding from a group of men who had been following him all day. Why why isn't he calling the police? Why is his mom not calling the police? Right. I don't know. Does he have some, like, what's their relationship? Like, does he have some sort of, um, I don't know, like, does he have, like, hysterical... Or paranoia. Paranoia or something that happens often enough that where she's like, hey, everything's going to be fine. Like, it's okay, you know? So, no. So, she gave a bunch of interviews after the fact, after what I'm going to describe happened, happened. And she said that he had never... Um, before exhibited any sort of paranoia or anything like that, and all of his friends agreed. Mm. So the next day, Lars texts his mother, saying that he had safely made it to the airport terminal. According to taxi records, Lars was dropped off at the airport around 6 a.m. after waving down a cab that had another passenger inside already. That passenger was later interviewed by police and described Lars as having, quote, very dilated pupils. And that passenger said that they assumed he was on some type of drug because he was acting anxious. Once at the airport, Lars went to an airport doctor for a final examination on his ear prior to flying. According to the doctor, Lars reportedly appeared nervous and erratic and was also mistrustful of the antibiotics he had been prescribed by the physician. The airport doctor's name was Dr. Costa Kostov, and she later said that Lars began to tremble when he saw a construction worker enter her office and he cried out, I don't want to die here. I have to get out of here. It was then that Lars began running from the airport terminal, leaving all his belongings behind, running for his life, past the boarding gates, check-in desks, and baggage drop zones. CCTV footage from the airport shows Lars getting further and further away from the terminal until he eventually leaps a barrier outside the building and disappears into the forest beyond. The airport, you would think, would be his safe haven. He's, like, trying to get back to Germany right. so that he can get back to his mom, so that he can get back to, like, his home, so that he can go to the doctor and everything's good. But for them, for him to, like, last minute be like, actually, no, and, like, run away from it like it's poisonous. Something serious, like, yeah, really had to have happened. So since that moment, no one has ever seen him ever again. His mom and dad hire a private investigator to try to find out what happened to him. But till this day, no investigative efforts have produced any concrete leads. In April 2015, a truck driver called into the tip line to report that he had picked up a hitchhiker in Bulgaria matching Lars' description, but this sighting was never able to be confirmed. Another ray of hope for Lars' family came in December 2016 when police in Brazil tweeted a photo of a bearded, scruffily dressed man they found wandering barefoot along a highway, but this man was later identified as a missing Canadian aid worker. Lars' fate is unknown. Dark conspiracy theories circulate online about what became of Lars in Bulgaria, a country with high levels of human trafficking and organized crime. So I'm going to talk about the antibiotics in a second, but first I'd like to read a German article published less than a month after Lars disappeared. The article is written by Thomas Heise on Spiegel.de, 
And I'll be reading the shitty English Google Translate that I did of it because I do not speak German and it was only published in German. So this is like broken English, right? right. Because it's just a shitty Google Translate. I get it. So I'll read it and then we can talk about like what we think the meat of what this article is saying is. Okay. Okay. The last picture on the day of his disappearance taken by a security camera shows Lars Matank at the airport in Varna on the Bulgarian Black Sea coast. The 28-year-old strides dressed in shorts and a yellow t-shirt towards the exit. A few minutes later, as witnesses from the police will tell he runs across the parking lot overcomes a 2.5 meter high barbed wire fence and disappears into a forest the next day border guards search for lars with man trail dogs the search is in vain that was almost eight weeks ago eight weeks in which lars parents in marne on the north sea hope that their son will get in touch mother sandra believes he was a victim of a violent crime lars was very attached to his family his job and his friends you don't just cut it off sandra said my husband had a stroke two years ago. He cannot physically work as much. After his shifts, Lars always came and helped us, says his mother. We couldn't have asked for a better son, a more responsible son. Her eyes are red and crying. On Facebook, friends and family received clues about Lars' disappearance. At the end of June, Lars flew to Bulgaria with friends to the Black Sea. On the so-called Golden Beach, there's everything the young men party heart desires. Girls, alcohol, fast music, but also drugs for little money. Before going to a fast food restaurant, Lars got into an argument with soccer fans. A blow to the ear burst his eardrums. When his friends fly home, Lars cannot because of the injury that he suffered. He descends to the Color Hotel in a poor district. His mother calls her son a few more times. He said that something is wrong with the hotel. I'm so worried. I researched the course of the next few hours. Private detective Andreas Gutig says on behalf of the family, a colleague of Gutig's for example, rents concealed in the hotel where Lars spent his last night. The detective is certain that Lars experienced something that threw him off his plan to go home. Lars has several times said that he does not want to die. We want to clarify that something made him panic. In the meantime, the case has been handed over to Interpol and the foreign office is switched on. The detective is now reporting to Spiegel TV before new leads in the case. Okay, so Interpol is basically like CIA, right? Like okay. they're, this is like FBI shit is okay. now getting involved. And it sounds like everyone agrees that something- There's foul play. There's foul play. Okay. Yeah, exactly. Now, I want to show you the airport security footage of him running. Yeah, I have lots of thoughts, but I'm going to take in more information before I start derailing. So, Natalia, now I'm going to show you this last known footage of Lars Matonk running from the airport. I'm seeing a person, a guy walking into the airport. He's got a big bag with him. Big duffel bag. Oh, now he's sprinting away really fast. Okay, he got outside. He's slowing down a little bit. But he's still running. Like, he went from, like, a sprint to a jog. Oh, wait. Now he's turning alongside the airport. Okay, he stopped. He's like, okay, he started running again. Oh, he's running really far away. He's still running. God, this must be heartbreaking for his parents to see this. And then he disappears into the forest. Yeah. So, basically, it looked like he went into the airport walking. He had this big bag with him, which I'm assuming was his stuff. Yes. And then... The next thing you see is just him sprinting the same way he came back in out. And then once he gets out, he kind of pauses for a second like, OK, I'm out of there. But then he started running again. So I don't know. To me, if I was looking at that from like a perspective of like acting or something, I, like he's thinking like he's like sprinting out like I just got to get away. And then he gets out of the airport and then he's like, OK, what next? How do I get even further? Or like, right. Where what do am I going to do? Yeah, because he doesn't live there. He doesn't know anyone. So then he just starts kind of like jogging along the side. 
but it didn't really seem like he knew where he was supposed to go. You know, like when he was sprinting out of the airport, he knew he had to get out of the airport. And then the next thing when he's just running, he's kind of like running and then like stopping for a second and then running again. And then he just takes off over that fence. So maybe he was just thinking like, I don't know where I'm going, but I just have to get away so no one can find me. Yeah, I get the same impression when I watch that. And I'm glad you brought up the fact that he enters with items and leaves without them. Like that's how much of a hurry he was in. So when he entered the airport, he had on a red backpack, Mm -hmm. a yellow shirt, jean shorts, shoes, uh, and a duffel bag, his passport, and a cell phone. He dropped everything in the doctor's office when that's um, when the construction worker entered the office mm-hmm. and yelled, I don't want to die. And then starts sprinting out of the airport. He didn't want to die at the airport. He just didn't want to die in general. Um, he says, someone's following me. I don't want to die. I have to get out of here. And then he drops all of his things and just sprints out of the doctor's office. So he left. But wouldn't the airport be the safest place for you to be if someone was following you? There's like police everywhere. It's super secure. The other person would have to have a ticket to be even able to follow you. Or is he saying that other? it's so deep that the other person bought a ticket to follow him? So yeah, that's a great question and one of the things i'm going to talk about in a little bit is what some of his friends and family say about that his mom says that he mentioned on the phone to her there are bad men after me and they told me that they can get to me on a plane and they can get to me on a train and those are the only two ways to get back to germany so earlier i mentioned that a german news station ran a story on lars where they interviewed his friends and other witnesses who saw his last moments fleeing from the airport Unfortunately, that video seems to have been removed from YouTube. If I can find it, I'll post it to the Instagram. But I did find a Reddit user whose account has since been deleted. So I can't really credit them because it's you slash deleted. Yeah. Um, who posted bullet points from the news interviews that he translated from German to English. So I'm going to read that guy's post. So he says... Anyone remember the Lars Matank case that I posted three months ago? It was mentioned today in an Ask Reddit thread, and my thread was linked there, so I decided to check out if there is any success. He is still missing, but earlier this month was a new episode of Octazine XY, where his friends and the airport doctor were interviewed. The whole case is also reconstructed. Here's the whole episode. Even if you don't understand it, it might be interesting to see the reconstruction with actors. But that link is broken now. It says like YouTube removed for copyright infringement. I write down some more information about what happened in Bulgaria. I watched it now. His friends were interviewed. They wanted to stay with him, but he said it's okay and that they should leave first to go home. There is no footage of him running into the woods, but there is footage running to the fence close to the woods, and eyewitnesses saw him climbing the fence, even though the fence had barbed wire. The story with the cab is strange, so I will just summarize from the beginning what they showed in the newest episode. Between the time he entered the office and when he ran away are exactly 46 minutes. Lars was involved in two fights, first with the Bayern Munich fans, then with other foreign tourists, but the second time he calmed the situation down. After visiting a bar and watching the football match between Costa Ice and the Netherlands, Lars and his friends left the bar as the last customers. They went to McDonald's, but some friends say that Matonk stayed outside. Now the first strange thing happens. Matonk disappeared when his friends came back. They didn't know where he was. The next morning, he said he got involved in another fight with Bayern Munich fans and they paid some Russian or Bulgarian guys to beat him up. 
No way this happened in my opinion, and his friends didn't believe that story either. They went to the hospital because Matonk claimed his ear hurt. The doctor diagnosed a ruptured eardrum. Matonk was allowed to fly, but he said he didn't want to fly because he didn't want to risk to hurt his ears more. When his friends left, Lars bought an antibiotic called Cefuroxim 500. A doctor on this show said that side effects are not common, but it could be possible if he was mixing it with other medications or with alcohol. He definitely was mixing with alcohol. Not sure if Matonk used these pills, but now the next strange thing happens in the hotel. Lars arrived late into this hotel slash hostel and called his mother. He said, this hotel is strange, I'm scared, and that she should cancel all of his credit cards. He left the hotel that night, calling his mom again and said, I am hiding now, four men are following me. He hung up and texted her, what is Sephiroxin 500? That's all the text message said. Two hours later, a cab drove him to the airport where he arrived in the early morning. His mother booked a bus and an airplane ticket for him since she had canceled his credit cards. Also important is this. Lars told his mother before meeting the doctor that he is not allowed to fly and that he's not allowed to drive. Inside the doctor's office, there's an interview with the doctor. He enters and a construction worker enters the room. The doctor says that immediately after the construction worker came in, Lars became anxious, muttering things. The doctor tried to calm him down. Then after a few minutes, Matonk runs away. I think this footage might be longer and shows how he runs to the gate. So that's the footage that I just showed Maybe you. Maybe he thought the construction worker was like someone a there bad to guy, follow him. Right? That yeah. was like just dressed up. Yeah. Maybe he saw like a uniform and was like, and got oh, nervous. this is, yeah. Or maybe he thought it, this was one of the people who's like dressed up trying mm-hmm. to get him. So we just talked about, like you said, this is a really good guess. Like, oh, he was definitely mixing that those antibiotics or he must have been on drugs, I had a right? New, I had a new thought though. Yeah. So if he really got hit hard in the head, he could have had a concussion yeah totally. and then his eyes could have been dilated from that perfect and when you have a concussion you're not supposed to sleep and because it could you're just not supposed to you can lead to like crazy brain damage and so maybe you know if he really was i'm assuming yeah like if we're gonna say he didn't trust the doctors in bulgaria maybe he knew like hey if i've been hit in the head i'm not supposed to sleep and then maybe he's mixing alcohol with that and you know i don't know like it could have been just a combination. making poor decisions because he's not in his right mind right or- he's mixing alcohol he's mixing antibiotics he's got this serious brain injury perhaps perhaps yeah it could totally be so um the the reddit post continues His suitcase was seized by police, and there were no signs of drug use inside his suitcase, and he also never had any mental problems before. I also doubt that the medication was the reason because he already acted strange after the McDonald's incident. His friends also said that he didn't eat much when they arrived in Bulgaria. I don't necessarily think that this is important because I also didn't like to eat much when I go abroad in other countries." I think Matonk maybe saw something after they came back from the pub. These guys also threatened him, and by accident, they may be somehow related to the hostel, and that's when he freaked out. The family is looking for information about a German guy who talked to him at the airport and a German school class who may have talked to him in Bulgaria. They also gotten information from a truck driver who says that Matonk wanted to drive with him as a hitchhiker this year around Easter, but I don't know if it was in Bulgaria for sure. It was written on the Facebook homepage. 
So this is a, a post from a Reddit user who's just translating right. this. And so it's all we have because I could not find the news footage. Mm-hmm. And I also don't speak German anyway. Right. But it's interesting that when they interview Interpol and different police agencies involved in looking into his disappearance, that they searched through all of his belongings because he left everything at the airport. Yeah. And they had no sign of drug paraphernalia or drug use or alcohol use. Right. We know he was drinking because he's with his friends. They're on vacation. They're at right. like they're watching sports. Yeah. Um, but. Pub. Yeah, at a pub. Um, and we know he was drunk. We know he got in a fight. But they say that he wasn't taking any drugs. Now, obviously, would you go on national television and say, yeah, I was taking ecstasy in no. Bulgaria? On That's vacation? what I was thinking, no. too. When he's talking to his mom, he's not going to tell her, like, hey, I'm taking weird street drugs. Yeah, I'm, ta- I'm on right speed now. right now. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So also, this guy says that in that surveillance footage, if you watch really closely, you can see that Matank or Lars talks to this guy in the airport. But when I watch the video, the order of events is this. Lars walks into the airport with all of his stuff, mm-hmm. talks to this guy for like maybe a minute and then makes a beeline for the medical area. So I'm wondering if he's just asking the guy, hey, do you know where like the medical area is or where the doctor area is located? Mm-hmm. And because he immediately goes to the doctor after that. Right. But it would be really interesting to be able to find this guy because maybe we could get some more information about like, how was he acting? Did he seem normal? Did he seem like calm? Because in that surveillance footage walking in, he's really calm. Uh, yeah, I don't... <laughs> It all goes back to this moment in McDonald's where he gets jumped by these guys, but he says they were hired. And I'm trying to think, like, if you're really having a fight with someone, with someone like, you know, like these like football soccer hooligans are fucking intense. Like they kill each other. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So especially if you're all drinking and if these are like actual thugs who are also like fans of this that are diehard fans, I could totally see them just fucking with this guy and be like, yeah, we're here to kill you. Like we've been hired. You better, you can't, you better not hit men. Right. Like you better not sleep tonight. Don't like sleep with one eye open. Like you're going to try to go back to Germany and we're going to send someone to follow you just like fucking with him. Right. And then maybe that plus like the head injury and the drinking and not sleeping very well because he's been partying for such a long time was like you know i mean that's got to be such a traumatic experience he gets separated from his friends and he gets jumped by four dudes who injure him enough that like you could totally kill someone from a punch in the head well it's like and i think like you're talking about like soccer hooligans and like how people get violent over teams and i'm just remembering because in America, we're super big on baseball, right? right. And, and at Dodger Stadium a few years ago, yeah, some Dodgers fans jumped some guy. I think it was a, a Giants, Giants fan. fan yeah. And he literally is like in a vegetative state now. Right. Because he's like. Yeah. I mean, so people get really intense about teams. So. Yeah. And especially when you're drinking and there's mm-hmm. a bunch of you and you get this like crazy energy where you're not really thinking ahead. You're just like in your animal Talking instincts. Talking shit to each yeah. other. Yeah. And you just like fuck someone up and don't realize that you're like putting them, you know, an inch away. Away from death right so i want to talk about the some of the theories okay so you mentioned head injury so that's a popular theory another one is could he have been perhaps overdosing on antibiotics or having an allergic reaction or one of the two percent of people that has bad side effects from antibiotics could he have gotten lost in the forest and that's why like we can't find him um because his body has never been found his belonging like his clothes never been yeah. found um, was he on drugs? Was he a victim of human trafficking or paranormal forest shit? So, fuck, man. 
Yeah. It could be all of those. It could be everything combined, right? Yeah. It could have been, he could have been drug trafficking for those people and not able to tell anyone about it or they'd kill him. And he, that's why he dropped the bag and was like, I don't want to be here and ran right. away. And then he gets in the forest and he thinks it's over, but then there's aliens. And, and then he gets lost. And, and then, then there's ghosts. And he gets ripped apart by ghosts. And, and then Bigfoot. And then he gets sucked into a black hole time warp. Right. And yeah. he just keeps reliving it over right. and over and oh over my again. God. No, don't even put that into the universe. But I agree. So when I was reading this, I was I don't know much about Bulgaria. So I was like, okay, yeah. drugs and human trafficking? Like, I mean, I know that exists ev- pretty much everywhere. But I was thinking, like, is it really that much of a concern that seems far-fetched to me? Is that where Taken was about? I don't know if that's where Taken was about. No, Taken is France, right? Oh, right. Yeah, yeah. she's going on, like, a yeah trip to Paris or something. But what I learned is Bulgaria is the country with the highest crime rates, the highest number of violence and vandalism, according to a survey from the European Statistical Office office Eurostat. Mm. So the data, um, the most recent data I could find for 2017 um, is of a study conducted in the context of the EU Sustainable Development Strategy and aims to identify progress in the member states in ensuring peace, personal security, and access to justice, as well as the degree of confidence in the European institutions. 23.6% of respondents in Bulgaria confirm cases of crimes, violence, and vandalism. This percentage is the highest in all of the European Union, much higher than the second country after Bulgaria, Bulgaria the Netherlands, with 15%. Whoa. And more than twice the EU average of 11.6%. And Croatia has only 3%. So neighboring Romania is below the EU average of 11.3%. But basically, so this number in 2017, that is 23.6%. Mm-hmm. This number was apparently like even higher in 2014 when Lars went missing. So imagine like if you have a 40% chance of being a victim of violent crime. Whoa. Like that's way yeah, too well, high. Yeah, when you say it like that, fuck. So and then also, have you ever heard of the Bulgarian mafia? Uh, it sounds horrible. Yeah. So Bulgarian organized crime groups are involved in a wide range of activities, including drug trafficking, cigarette smuggling, Human trafficking. Wait, why is cigarette smuggling? Is I, it a leak? What is that? I think tobacco is super expensive there. So then people sell like cheap, oh, like oh, loose like, cigarettes. Like Human trafficking, prostitution, illicit antiquities trafficking. So that's like stealing things from museums and like selling them on the black market. Extortion, often under the cover of ostensible security and insurance companies, mm-hmm. racketeering, various financial crimes, car theft, and the arms trade. So I could see why he would be like, no, this doctor is telling me I need this expensive surgery. I don't believe them. Yeah, it could be like, or he's just scared. Like, I don't want to be under local anesthesia in in a, this, like, this country where right. I have a 40% or 30% chance of being a victim of a violent crime, right? Right, like someone could steal a kidney. Right. Um, And also, Bulgarian organized crime groups have strong connections with the Russian mafia, Serbian mafia, and the Italian Cosa Nostra. Bulgarian organized crime groups mainly use security and insurance companies such as SIC and VIS as fronts for criminal activities. So if he was talking to, like, some people at the airport that were part of this thing like he could have been scared of them because they were like security or they were right yeah like a like some guy walks in in a construction uniform Mm -hmm. is this a front like right or something else yeah um the organized crime groups are arguably the most serious problem in bulgaria and so organized crime i'm going to be using the abbreviation oc group 
OC groups range from local street extortionists to international drug dealers and money launderers. There were an estimated 118 organized crime groups in Bulgaria in 2004. Not a single major OC figure has been punished by Bulgarian law, though there are nominal ongoing series of OC-related assassinations. The criminal wealth is usually laundered into ownership of sports teams, Mm. property development, and financial institutions. Organized crime influence all state institutions, including the government, parliament, and judiciary. Organized criminals donate to all the major political parties. They own municipalities and individual members of parliament, controlling municipal councils and mayors. Bulgarian governments have done little to reduce the presence of organized crime, despite domestic efforts and U.S. and E.U. pressure to combat it. Right, because they're probably dirty. Oh, yeah. According to a former United States ambassador to Bulgaria, Prime Minister Boyko Borisov has links with the mafia. According to Jurgen Roth, Borisov is the Bulgarian Al Capone. Wow. Drug trafficking organizations run by Bulgarian nationals have been investigated in Los Angeles and in Tampa, Florida. These groups deal with the import of cocaine and multi-thousand doses of ecstasy into the United States. I had another idea. Yes. What if he was the drug mule? Like, what if it was in his, like, you know, what if it was, like, in his anal cavity or something? And that's why he was all jittery because some of it was leaking out. And then he's like, fuck, I don't want to die here. And he could have been talking about that. And instead of, like, he's not, you know, he's going to run away and try to, like, you know, get get it out. And then he just ends up dying in the forest. Right. Yeah. I mean, it's definitely possible. That's super interesting. I hadn't thought of that yet. Okay, most members of these gangs were imprisoned in the U.S. There, Bulgarian nationals are identified for falsification of IDs, organized bank fraud, mortgage fraud, credit card fraud, and alien smuggling. So remember when he said to cancel his credit cards? Yes. Okay, so maybe this is like a very logical fear that he had. Like, Mm -hmm. I don't know. Um, Okay, and the Bulgarian mafia has been involved in contract killings. Ever since the fall of communism in 1989, there have been more than 150 high-rank heads mafia-style contract killings in Bulgaria, frequently perpetrated in the center of the capital, Sofia, in broad daylight. There has been at most only one conviction, even though these contract killings took place in broad daylight. This is frequently blamed on the alleged widespread corruption at all levels of the Bulgarian judicial system, including the prosecutor's office. The cost of a contract killing carried out by highly professional snipers has been estimated at approximately 5,000 to 50,000 pounds. The more important, the more expensive it costs. So, like, to me, that's insane. To right. Just think, well, like, it also... <sighs> yeah, like... Y- yeah. So he's like his fear could be like I guess my point it's is a lot. The more I've been learning about this, yeah. the more I'm thinking maybe he wasn't just like hallucinating. Maybe he wasn't being paranoid. You know, paranoid. Maybe he really did have people following him, trying to kill him. And that's kind of where my mind goes. I mean, we're going to talk about all the theories, but this is like I thought. I started off with this drug slash human trafficking slash like mob Russian gangster violence theory, and I was like, that seems so far fetched. Like, right. but now like reading about it, it's like, oh shit, people literally in broad daylight assassinate people right um and some so now i'm gonna just want to tell you because like this is like verified this isn't just like me reading something weird um some of the most prominent assassination targets of recent years in chronological order are vasil liev founder of vis1 and vis2 ambushed by an unknown killer on his way to club mirage on april 25th 1995 
Andrei Lukanov, former Bulgarian prime minister, was assassinated in broad daylight on October 2, 1996. Ivo Karamansky, a.k.a. The Godfather, shot by a drunk acquaintance at his birthday party in Sofia on December 20, 1998. Pantyu Pontev, a.k.a. Polly, a drug smuggler, initially affiliated with VIS, later with SIC. He was rumored to have stolen half a ton of cocaine from the Russian or Colombian mafia. Several assassination attempts, including one with a fucking missile in broad daylight. Oh my gosh. All attempts for different reasons from different rivals. He was shot dead March 9, 2000. Lilia Pavlov, founder of Multigroup and the wealthiest individual in Bulgaria. There is no official evidence for criminal activity, but he was widely considered to be one of the bosses of the mafia. Former employees claimed that he was involved in a prostitution ring and was shot dead in front of his office in broad daylight in Sofia, Bulgaria on July 3, 2003. Um, Dimitar Ristov, a.k.a. Mitko the Little One, shot dead on June 4th, 2004 in a cafe with his bodyguards by two hitmen disguised as Eastern Orthodox priests while dining in Bulgaria. Milcho Bonev, a.k.a. Baj Mile, one of the founders of SIC, he was believed to be an important link in the drug trafficking and distribution network in the Balkans and was investigated by Bulgarian and Serbian special services. He had survived an earlier assassination attempt in 2001, but was shot dead in broad daylight in a garden restaurant in Sofia, Bulgaria on July 20th, 2004, together with five of his bodyguards. Georgi Liev, brother of Vasa Liev and head of VIS2, shot dead in front of his club at Sunny Beach, Bulgaria on August 25th, 2005. Emil Kulev, former elite swimmer and banker connected with SIC, shot dead while driving down Boulevard, Bulgaria in Sofia on October 26, 2005. Anton Miltonov, a.k.a. The Break, a drug smuggler and right-hand man of Konstantin Dmitriev, shot dead in a popular cafe in the center of Sofia, Bulgaria on October 30th, 2005, together with his co-workers Ivan the Ghost and Nikolay the Eyeglasses Dobrev. An earlier attempt on his life had been made in broad daylight in Sofia, Bulgaria on June 28, 2002. Ivan Todorov, a.k.a. The Doctor, a drug smuggler, shot dead... The Doctor? The Doctor. Shot dead on February 22nd, 2006. Georgi Stoev, former wrestler connected with VIS and SIC, had written nine books about Bulgaria's mafia bosses, many of whom he claimed to know personally. He was shot dead in Sofia on April 7th, 2008. And Zlatko Baretita, the Barret was his nickname, notorious Bulgarian mobster, suffered an assassination attempt on the stairs of the Sofia Courthouse in downtown Sofia on January 29th, 2013. Despite being shot multiple times, he survived the attack, and despite multiple people seeing the perpetrators, nobody was ever arrested. Right, because no one wants to snitch on them. Of course. Um, I'm freaking out right now. I feel really unsafe. I know. Like, we're in a garage in an airport. Like, if people really wanted to figure out wh- who we are, like, if someone wanted to kill us, they could. They could, like, go through our social media and do this and whatever, and it's freaking me out. Yes. Okay. So... Side note, what would your name be? Like, um, the, the HR bitch. <laughs> 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 wow that sound that sounds intimidating it though. does like the hr bitch go, like, to, go chr and it's whoa. just me with a gun i feel like you would suffocate people to death like with with all these like papers and words like you would have a supernatural power where you like spit actual words at people and they, they get like pierced with them and die i like that a lot because i want it to be something that's scary but i don't want to feel guilty about it if it's just a power i have maybe i can't control it what would your name be? 
I don't know. I'm getting like really excited, but I also feel the pressure of like only having one chance to make the thing. I feel like I would want it to be something that was like really like the artist. (gasps) Ooh. And then it's like you kill them and then like paint a beautiful portrait of them and hang it above there. Like everything's poetic. Like I like killed them like in the same style of some painting. Like they're in this park like set up and I just like make these like beautiful crime scenes. Right. Actually, I really love that. Well, that's really touching. Yeah. It's like instead of blood being spilled, maybe you like right. poison them and then you do fake blood in different colors, like yeah. a beautiful like painting around their body. Right. Or like 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 make sure they're wearing nice clothes and help brand them. And then but they can't benefit from it because they're deceased. Wow. Which is the, the ultimate yeah, slap in the face. <laughs> so the Bulgarian mafia is like way scarier than like i always think of the russian mafia as being scarier this but this sounds way worse right i mean i don't know what's worse but yeah this is like horrible right so georgi kalapatirov was chairman of bulgaria's football team locomotive plovdiv and he was shot dead in 1995 so basically this totally though like there's so many ties into like football yeah whatever that I totally could believe that he ran into a group of guys that now this makes sense. Now I believe what he was saying about like these guys were hired to kill me. Right. And so the there were five chairmen of Bulgaria's football team Locomotive Plovdiv shot dead, assassinated year after each other. So like one would be assigned the position of chairman of this football team assassinated then the next one comes and is chairman of the football team assassinated the next guy assassinated the next guy assassinated the next guy assassinated so it sounds like the football team was actually in deep like maybe a front or right like, yeah yeah like laundering something of god to be one of those players that must be god. so scary i know right if you lose they're just kill you right and then there's you know i have like a whole fucking list natalia you can i mean i'm not gonna read them all but it's like yeah, look so at this fucking list of, of like just... all these people that were assassinated right. in broad daylight and had connections with you know hospitals doctors insurance scams oh my gosh this last one says bobby Stav- stavkov controversial investigative journalist criminal writer radio and tv host shot dead in downtown sofia in january that of 2010 also january of 2010 that's not that long ago no you know and there's more in in more recent years but i mean it's just insane okay so now I want to talk about a Reddit theory, a theory I saw on Reddit proposed by user u slash Doc McLaughlin. Okay, so this is from user u slash Doc McLaughlin, and he says, Most people attribute Lars' behavior and disappearance to a ruptured ear canal he suffered on the trip, and many think he may have had a traumatic brain injury from a concussion. He was also prescribed antibiotics by a doctor for the rupture, and it is speculated that he may have experienced some type of side effect that caused him to fall into a paranoid state. I don't buy either of these theories and believe it is far more likely he was a drug mule, Mm -hmm. except it has been stated, though not confirmed, that his suitcases were searched after his disappearance and no drugs were found, which would put a significant dent in this theory. Instead of Lars himself running the drugs, I believe it is far more likely his friends who flew back without him were the ones who had ran drugs back to Germany and he stayed behind as some sort of insurance. I believe this theory for a few reasons. The primary one being that he ran out of the airport after an airport official slash security official interrupted his medical examination by the airport doctor to speak with the doctor about an unrelated matter. Lars may have thought his friends had gotten caught and he was about to be arrested, hence why he ran out of the airport without his luggage or cell phone and hopped a fence. 
I also find his friend's explanation that he experienced a ruptured ear canal after a bar fight and he was acting strange to be implausible because why would they, quote, leave a friend alone in a foreign country who they believed was acting strange and claimed had disappeared for an entire night during the trip? That's such a good point. That's a really good point, yeah. It just doesn't pass the common sense test. The story of him, quote, acting bizarre due to a ruptured ear canal and then seeing a doctor who they claim said he might have to stay in the country for 30 days is too far-fetched. As others have pointed out, there is a very minor surgery by an ENT that could have been performed pretty easily and allowed him to fly back immediately. Why would he choose to instead stay in a foreign country alone for an undetermined period of days? After his friends flew back, he reportedly checked into a seedy, cheap hotel, the kind of place a man involved in a drug-running operation might stay or be kept at until he is let go. Investigators in Germany should look into the finances and criminal history of the friends he traveled with, and Bulgarian authorities should question the doctor who supposedly told Lars he had a ruptured ear canal and might have to stay for 30 days while it healed. The only reliable account of Lars' behavior and state comes from the airport doctor who said he seemed emotionally depleted. That is more consistent with this than him experiencing some kind of psychosis. I had an even crazier thought. If like if we're really going to take this pill and believe that, you know, everything you said was true and whatever, then also him disappearing is his only safety. Right. Like if That's he fakes his own death or his own disappearance and then never like turns up, then he's safe because Germany's not that far from Bulgaria, Bulgaria. Right. Or like maybe he would have, I don't know, helped escape to even a different country. Right? right. Like gotten help somehow. And then this user, Silfrina83, responded to that post and said, I just want to say that I've had two traumatic eardrum ruptures and I have never heard of any such side effects. So, I mean, I've never had an eardrum rupture. So I just thought that was interesting that this person's had two and they never experienced any psychosis. Of course, everyone, I'm sure there's like, you know, the 1% of person that could have something like that. But I just thought that was interesting. And then another user posted on Reddit. This is you slash Sileski. And this person says, hello, as you can tell by the title, I believe I have found the missing man, Lars Matank. If you are not exactly caught up with the name, here is a link to the Wikipedia page. Upon walking down the street in Canada, I've seen a man very similar looking to Lars, as I remember watching a YouTube video about this man. He looked very rough, almost homeless. Once I approached closer, I managed to get a better look, and I can 99.9% confirm that this is indeed the man. I then approached Lars, asking him about his disappearance, as I was very curious. Lars looked at me, and his eyes proceeded to almost stare into my soul, giving me a very unforgettable, uncomfortable feeling that I will never forget. He then proceeded to say some phrase in German that sounded like the following, Wo Gipties hier ein Telefon. I am not sure what it means other than the telephone part, and I assume he was asking me for my cell phone, and I said, no, you can't use it. He then proceeded to basically ask again, but this time almost like begging, throwing in a word that sounds like Hilf. Again, I do not speak German, so a translation would be nice. I then proceeded to call the cell phone number on the Facebook page dedicated to Lars, leading to a deadline. Uh... The tip line is now dead. I did not know where else to put this other than Reddit, but I will try to get in touch with authorities and get a picture if I see him again. When was that? Two years ago. And somebody responded and said that they had a rough translation of, because this guy was just writing phonetically what he remembered. He said, it doesn't mean, can I use your cell phone? It means I need to get to a cell phone Mm. or I need to get to a telephone. Mm. And then, so I want to read one more theory from Reddit. Um, User. And he said he ran into that person in Canada? Yeah. 
So what are the odds of a German homeless looking man asking to use someone's phone in Canada? Being found in Canada. I mean... Not very high, Not very high. I mean, but you, I guess... I mean, also, how would he have gotten to Canada? I'm, you know, maybe he stowed away on a ship. I mean, I don't know. We can go into all kinds of theories that I have no backup for. But yeah, it is super interesting that this user says like, no, like I got really close to him. And it's like I'm 99.9% that this is like. Well, if the only the only way for Lars to get out of that situation, if he really was disappearing, disappearing. Yeah, yeah, is changing identities is getting is disappearing. Right. So we almost like hope that he's never found, you know? We right, all, like, because that means that he made it. Yeah. Yeah. So this is a theory from you slash JFMCFCJF04. And this person says, my theory, I think Lars had a break from reality of some kind, like a nervous breakdown or a psychotic episode. He never had a history of mental illness, but it can happen to anyone, even at the age of 28 with no prior signs. He had apparently not been eating much on the holiday, according to his friends, which could have been a sign of that. I believe that when he ran into the forest, he either died of exposure or met a predator. Bears and wolves run wild in Bulgaria, although they usually stayed to the more mountainous regions, particularly the wolves who are uncommon now in Bulgaria. If he had ran past an area where a bear was, then the bear almost certainly would have given chase, viewing him as a prey item. If he did die of exposure in the forest, then the foxes could have also gotten to the remains and left next to no trace of him apart from the bones. The forest around Varna are dense and an already confused and delirious person would get lost very quickly and that would only feed his fear. I believe that the moment he decided to run was him losing all control over his mental state and the paranoia took over. Having had first-hand experience of a mental breakdown, I can say that when you come back to reality, you have the most intense feeling of anxiety, panic, paranoia, and a feeling of impending doom. Coming out of a break from reality in the middle of a forest, possibly at night, would have been terrifying. And then I want to talk about that antibiotic theory. So I looked up Cefuroxime 500, and according to WebMD... Cefuroxime is used to treat a wide variety of bacterial infections. This medication is known as cephalosporin antibiotic. It works by stopping the growth of bacteria. This antibiotic treats only bacterial infections. It will not work for viral infections. Using any antibiotic when it is not needed can cause it to not work for future infections. Take this medication by mouth, usually twice daily every 12 hours, or as directed by your doctor. Take cefuroxime with food to increase absorption and reduce mm-hmm. stomach upset. Dosage is based on your medical condition and response to therapy. Swallow the tablets whole. Do not crush or chew because the tablets have a strong, bitter taste. Use the liquid suspension form of this medication and if it is difficult for you to swallow tablets. For the best effect, take this antibiotic at evenly spaced times. To help you remember, take this medication at the same time every day. Continue to take this medication until the fully prescribed amount is finished, even if symptoms disappear after a few days. Contact your doctor if your condition persists or worsens. Side effects. Nausea, vomiting, diarrhea, stomach pain, dizziness, drowsiness may occur less frequently, especially with higher doses. Remember that your doctor has prescribed this medication because he or she has judged that the benefit to you is greater than the risk of side effects. Tell your doctor right away if any of these unlikely but serious side effects occur, unusual tiredness or weakness. Tell your doctor right away if any of these very rare but very serious side effects occur, yellowing of the eyes and skin, severe abdominal pain, persistent nausea, dark urine, signs of kidney problems, signs of a new infection, easy bruising or bleeding, jerky movements, chest pain, mental or mood changes such as confusion. This medication may rarely cause a severe intestinal condition due to a resistant bacteria. 
Use of this medication for prolonged or repeated periods may result in oral thrush or vaginal yeast infection. A very serious allergic reaction to this drug is unlikely, but seek immediate medical attention if it occurs. Symptoms of a serious allergic reaction may include rash, itching, swelling, especially of the face, tongue, or throat, severe dizziness, or troubled breathing. Symptoms of overdose may include seizure. So when I read that, I think like I rule out the antibiotics as being a problem because as someone who has taken probably almost every antibiotic known to man, Mm -hmm. like I have had some pretty terrible side effects, but nothing to the point of like being confused. You know what I mean? Like I've taken antibiotics and been like felt upset stomach or had diarrhea, but like or felt shitty. Yeah. And dizzy maybe, but like so confused that you're like sprinting around and like no I I would lay down and go to bed if I had bad side effects I like I get that and I hear you and I agree I don't think that this was the case but just because I know somebody's gonna be like well let me tell you about this one time <laughs> I always always have bad medic had bad um side effects to medication oh really yeah that's why I always try to as much as I can avoid taking medication because even if I take like a half an Advil or like half an ibuprofen I feel like spaced out So I wonder if maybe that's because your body's not used to antibiotics because you do try to take the more holistic approach. So maybe you're just more sensitive to them. And so that could be it with Lars, right? Maybe it could could be, but I don't think it's an like, I don't think it would be enough to say, hey, there's people following me. I'm going to be killed and I'm going to run into the forest. I think it would be more like, you think my friends are mad at me because I didn't go back with them to Germany? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Like feeling uncertain or like, right. Just like weird. Or it would just, just be weird. like, yeah. Or it would be like, oh, I feel nauseous or like, I don't feel good. But it wouldn't be like, there's people outside my house waiting to kill me. Right. Like okay. It, yeah. Yeah. So we're on the same page yes. kind of. So, okay. I would eliminate the antibiotic theory. Yeah. So I'm going to eliminate that one with you. Yeah. Um. Then the very, very last theory that I talked about at the beginning is the paranormal side of this case. So that's it. Yeah. What is it? Okay. I agree. <laughs> so some locals think one of Bulgaria's many monsters took Lars's life when he wandered into its domain in the forest. Tell me what you think of the following. Taken from Slavorum.org. Sounds scary. Bulgarian folklore is riddled with mythical creatures and monsters. Seeing one of these creatures is often associated with befalling harm or suffering misfortune or going insane. Oh, Bulgarian folklore tradition keeps its beliefs into supernatural creatures towards which people have a more poetic or generally pagan attitude. So the culture of Bulgaria in general is like believes in this stuff. Right. Okay. Okay. And the more you believe in it, the more power the more it real. Has. And also, yeah. do they believe in it because it's real? I don't know. Right. Okay. These are mythical creatures related almost wholly to nature. When humans draw near them in forests, for example, they are presented either as friendly or as ill-meaning. In the latter case, they are equalized with demons and provoke human insanity. Such creatures are, and then I'm going to read you a list. Have you ever heard of a lamia? No. Most often associated with a dragon-like creature, the Lamia is a female monster, which is depicted as a gigantic reptile with several heads. According to some fairy tales, she has three canine heads stemming out of snake-like necks. Other, more vicious representations of the Lamia portray her with as many as nine heads. Regardless of the total count, the animal takes up residence in forests, near the sea, or in secluded mountainous areas. Her malignancy is expressed by cutting off the water supply to urban areas. If she would be to restore order to the water supply, she'd demand a human sacrifice from the villagers. Whoa. Normally a young person. 
Numerous legends, songs, and tales have been written and told about the Lamia, in which a fierce hero cuts off her head and breaks the villagers from peril. It is thought, however, that the biggest adversary a Lamia has is not the brave hero, but the Zmei, a male dragon. Now, something else that I found that you have actually already talked about on an episode is the Baba Yaga. Yeah, the witch with the, that lives in a house with yes, chicken legs that walks around. Yes, yeah. okay. Popular in all Slavic countries, the Baba Yaga is a scary creature that inhabits countless myths. Some of them are even horror stories that adults tell other adults, such as invocations and chanting spells that summon the Baba Yaga. More commonly, she's the antagonist in child tales, which claims that she is an old hag with grotesque appearances residing in a wooden forest hut. Legend has it that she will kidnap children or young people and take them to the hut, where she will cook them and eat them as punishment for not behaving according to their parents' rules. That's so metal. That's so metal. Okay. Have you ever heard of the Torbalan? No. Okay. Of course I haven't. What is that? Is that even a real thing? So the Torbalan, nobody actually knows what it looks like, but um, they do know that he's wearing a huge Torba or a sack on his back. He's usually the subject of parents' tales who are trying to teach their offspring to behave through the power of sinister threats. The myth claims that if a child misbehaves, Torbalin will come to kidnap him or her from the safety of their home and carry the child somewhere far away in his sack. So Bulgarian folklore is like, fucking stop, stop being annoying and just listen to us. Exactly. Please. Otherwise, a monster will eat you. Like, will you please just fucking shut the fuck up and just sit there and do your chores? Exactly. So this, so that's cryptid shit. They also have ghost shit. They have the Talisam and the Dracus which is a spirit, a restless spirit of a person who has died in a house, a bridge, or other stone-made construction. The stories recount that the person has either been stoned alive inside the building or somehow passed away prematurely. The spirit takes the form of a shadow or an animal Mm. and sings, moans, whines, or produces other haunting noises and refuses to leave the premises similar to a poltergeist. No, that's scary. And then also the Judah Samovila or Samo Judah. Samovilas are popular in a plethora of folklore legends and even included in Harry Potter's tales of Bulgarian villas. Although they are typically portrayed as young maidens with long hair, exquisite voices, and bewitching glares, the negative equivalent of these nymph-like forest inhabitants are called Judas Samovilas or Samo Judas. Wait, it's a girl with short hair and an ugly voice? (laughs) (laughs) The Judas spirits are malicious sorceresses believing to reside deep in the forest where they brew potions and poisons. If a male traveler crosses their territory, they charm him into marrying one of them. According to the Fairy tales, if a man marries a Judas Samovila, she'll take his soul to the land of the dead and will leave his soulless body to perish on earth. In the past, superstitious men used to wear amulets on their clothing made out of wormwood, basil, white melilot, and tansy as a form of protection against these spirits. It, that is oh, That needs its own episode because the fact that one of these spirit women thinks that she needs to marry a man in order to take his soul is so stupid. Like, you can yeah. just take his soul. <laughs> just literally take it. Right. Like, yeah. why do we have to have this, like, very archaic institution of marriage even, like, a part of the equation? Great point, Natalia. Feminism. <laughs> <laughs> Hashtag women's rights. Just take the man's soul and leave. Yeah. Um, and then some people think he stumbled upon a vampire's lair in the forest. That. That's it. That's exactly <laughs> what happened. Yeah, like, all of that other stuff leading up to this was just, like... Like a coincidence because what actually <laughs> happened is he jumped over the barbed wire fence directly into, <laughs> into a vampire slayer. <laughs> so look at this fucking picture. Okay, it's a skull with a bunch of teeth. 
Okay, so this uh, was that discovered. That has like a, some sort of... It has a stake through its heart. I don't know if you Yeah, see I see that. Okay, it has a stake through its heart, but its also skull has been bashed in. Correct. So uh, this is the last theory, I promise. Okay, in a 7,000-year-old town in Bulgaria, over 100 <laughs> what? graves... What? A 7,000-year-old town? I can't town? even fathom that amount of years. Is it, what do you think? What do they mean? A seven thousand year old town? A literally seven thousand year old town. Are there towns that are seven thousand yes. years old? How old do you think the Earth is? But it's not a town. Like I feel like it would be like a seven thousand year old, you know, castle or something. Well, apparently it was a town, um, and over a hundred graves have been uncovered. This was in two thousand fourteen when he went missing. Have been uncovered, revealing skeletons with stakes through their hearts and mutilated bones. Seven thousand. Okay, let's just think. What year was it? <laughs> seven thousand years ago. The, it's negative five thousand BC. Well, how does that work? How Someone the- tell us. What the fuck? Nina Stra- <laughs> Nina Strachlik wrote this article. Nina, I've had to pay a dollar to read your article, and I need to know what year this happened in. Negative five thousand. <laughs> is that how we say it? It's five thousand BC, right? I don't know. So this is October of two thousand fourteen. Last week, Bulgarian archaeologists unearthed an unusual thirteenth-century grave in an ancient city called Thracian. That sounds like a haunted yeah. place. Mm-hmm. Like you're going to get thrashed there. You're going to get thrashed to death there. Yeah. Yeah. The bones are encrusted in dirt, revealing a bowed, partially crushed skull and a round stake emerging from the left side of the skeleton's chest. The interred is believed to be a middle-aged man who was incapacitated post-death, cause unknown by a two-pound iron rod thrust through his heart and the removal of the lower half of his left leg. Both mutilations were meant to stop the man, who villagers believed was a vampire, from returning to haunt the town and prey upon its inhabitants, researchers say. Thracian, which is more than 7,000 years old, was only discovered 20 years ago and is home to a number of vampire grave sites. This latest discovery is just one of more than 100 medieval graves that contain the remains of those once suspected of being vampires and that have been unearthed over the past few decades across Bulgaria. For nearly a millennium, people who died under unusual circumstances from certain ailments like tuberculosis or who had just lived unusually long lives were suspected of being able to turn into (laughs) blood-sucking creatures in the afterlife. Since the 10th century, Bulgaria has practiced varying forms of prevention to keep vampires from coming back to life. As Bulgarian archaeologist Nikolay Avcharov, who is credited with many of the skeletal discoveries, told Time magazine two years ago, he's found bodies with metal rings pinning them down, graves covered in heavy stones, skeletons with bound hands. All these measures were taken to halt the blood-sucking tendencies of the recently deceased. These people believe that between the first and fourth day after death, the human soul is not in paradise or in hell, but it stays between sky and earth and it is in danger from evil powers, Abcharov told Time. To ensure that they wouldn't be able to rise from the dead, the bodies of those suspected would be exhumed shortly after burial and incapacitated. Their hearts were often stabbed Mm. and sometimes removed and burned. The belief was that if the corpses were pinned into their coffins with a metal rod through the chest, there would be no threat of them rising from the dead to terrorize communities. Right, because even once they come back to life, they can't go anywhere because they're pinned down. Right, exactly. And one of their legs gone. Exactly. Or their arms tied or whatever. Yeah. According to Avcharov, many in Bulgaria continued the practice as recently as 25 years ago. There was even a designated person in each town to do the unsavory but necessary task. 
in oh in 2003, small town vampire slayers in Romania made international news when they removed the heart of a recently dead elderly man named Peter Tama, who was thought to be sickening his family members from beyond the grave. For centuries, we have had to protect ourselves from these creatures by finding the graves of the undead and risking our lives by ripping out their hearts, a villager told the Sunday Times. Next. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, can I get you for an interview? Sure. For um, centuries. What's your job? Well, I rip out the hearts of people. Of recently dead old women so that they can't make their relatives sick from beyond the grave. Thank you so much for your interview. (laughs) Great. Never talk to you ever again. Next door in Romania, a historical figure named Vlad the Impaler inspired the first mainstream depiction of a vampire. 400 years after Vlad's brutal reign, in which he literally skewered his enemies in public, Bram Stoker used him as inspiration for his 1897 novel Dracula. Yes. But early vampire myths were a far cry from the sleek, cloaked version Stoker described. The blood-seeking and sucking predators were simply decomposing bodies or shadowy figures seeking sustenance and strength from common townsfolk. Though vampire legends exist the world over, Romania and Bulgaria have borne the brunt of the attention. In fact, the neighbor countries have become so well known for their gruesome history that certain towns have begun to market themselves as part of a, quote, vampire trail for curious visitors. The resurrected vampire graves, in particular, have created quite a spectacle. In 2012, a 700-year-old skeleton pierced with a metal stake drew crowds of tourists to the Bulgarian National History Museum in the capital of Sofia, where all these fucking mobsters are murdering people in broad daylight. It's all connected. Are these people that are being assassinated actually just vampires is a side conspiracy theory I'd like to posit to you right now. Well, I didn't think you were going to go that way. I thought you were going to say like the mobsters are vampires, but now you're saying like these mobsters are actually, they're taking out vampires and they're <laughs> Maybe. helping us. Look, I'm saying it's a possibility. I don't know. I've never met any Just of these mobsters. Si- circle back, side note. Seven thousand. That town is not seven thousand years old. <laughs> That's what it says. Yeah, it, it says seven thousand. Take it up with the lady that wrote this article. Okay, now I just want to show you pictures of Lars Matonk. Oh. Describe him to um, the people at home. So he looks like. Um, oh, he's cute. Okay, he looks like just like a. He looks kind of fratty, fratty to me. dude. Yeah, he's. Um, wait, he kind of looks like a young. Like Ryan Gosling or something. Yeah, a little bit. So and they have. So this is um. I'm showing Natalia a few pictures that I'll post to the Instagram. But yeah, and also he looks a like a healthy. Poster. Just like he looks healthy and fit. Like he looks like he could be like an actor or a model. Like his photo is like a headshot. Like, yeah, he's an attractive looking person. Yeah, I think so too. He's an attractive looking guy. This missing poster he I'll post to the Instagram. Look a little strung out in that first photo, not in a weird way, but I mean he looks he's drunk. Yeah, he's wearing like a lay and a straw hat, and like his he has that like look in his eyes where it's like you can't like speak to his soul because he's like so drunk. Yeah, you know, where it's, oh, like, I've the been there are, before. They're yeah. like dead eyes. He has that. Um, there's a picture from my birthday last year where I have that exact look in my eyes, and it is fucking terrifying to see dead eyes yeah so i'm just gonna read my sources real quick then i want to hear your opinion sure my sources are mirror.co.uk wikipedia.org reallifeishorror.blogspot.com meaw.com reddit.com and spiegel.de natalia what do you think happened to lars matonk which okay how about this i'll, I'll Look, rephrase what is your favorite theory first of all no, and then what no, do you think no. is most likely just like we're in a car that's also in a garage that's also someone's house that's also an airport i believe that this could be 
drug mule that's also ghosts that's also vampires that's also antibiotics that's also traumatic brain injury right like so the only one i'm ruling out is that i'm ruling out antibiotics yeah okay no there's something that's like definitely i'm definitely getting paranormal vibes from this story like everything you told me just from the get-go was leading me to this vampire lair well also like all of that was just a distraction Alyssa. do you realize to the fact that these mob bosses are not evil they are vampire slayers right but I, I, you know, no. Okay, here's what I really think. Yeah, tell me. I think that most likely this person died of exposure in the sto- in the forest. And but yeah. I don't think that's the interesting part of the story. I think the interesting part of the story is why did this person run into the forest? And um, if I'm going to be an optimist, I'm thinking that he believed that he could escape. You know, whatever fate he had getting like getting on that plane. Maybe he thought that he was going to be followed. I mean, if these people really were going to assassinate someone in broad daylight, like what's going to keep them from just being on the plane and turning around and killing you? Yeah, they don't care about going to jail because they're not going to go to jail. Right? Yeah. No, that's a great point. And um, if I'm being an optimist, too, like, I hope that he ran into that forest and he got away. And I hope that he is, like, in hiding somewhere. He's gone. And, and you know, if he did go back to his parents or whatever, like, his mom's not going to be like, by the way, my son came back. Yay. She's right. just going to be like, oh, yeah, that was real sad and weird. Like, mm, okay. yeah, don't want to bring it up because now he's explained to me that, like, he was a drug mule and there are people after him. So, yeah. Yeah. And we don't know. Maybe he's maybe he ran off with a bunch of money. Maybe he really fucked some people over. Maybe he literally had the drugs up his like anal cavity and like ran off with like you know that's why his eyes were dilated yeah yeah. exactly i mean that's not that far-fetched i just think you know and i of course i don't want to speak ill of anybody that is still living but i think like what shitty friends you know, like like that you, Reddit user said, if you and I were in Germany together and you like got punched well, in the face. they're probably in the same, they're probably in the same position, right? Like, so if the only story we know is the story that the friends told, like they're not going to be like, oh, by the way, like we, we um, all are drug mules and we can't talk about this. They're going to be like, oh yeah, we got separated from him. We don't even know what he did at that McDonald's. Like we weren't we even there. Find him. Yeah, yeah, I don't know what he's doing. I've done that before. One time at camp, I got in trouble because we like ran away and smoked cigarettes and the camp counselor <laughs> came to us i was like 17 and the camp counselor came to us and he was like what were you and um your new friend doing and i was like i don't know i don't even know her i don't know what her <laughs> deal was like i can't speak to what she was doing at that time and they're like we saw you guys leaving together and i'm just like i don't even know that girl we're not even friends like meanwhile like we've spent every single second together at camp and we're like we're best friends but that that you're describing to me is a good friend because that's right. just like saying you don't know anything to not get in trouble i think the part that makes me think like this is shitty shady friend stuff is that they left him in a foreign country known for having a high crime rate when he clearly had been punched in the face the night before if we're just taking this at face like surface level right but like leaving someone there when they've been punched but maybe in the head. they didn't have a choice like maybe like that reddit user was saying that person was left there for insurance they're like okay you guys all go and your friend has to stay here otherwise you all die and we're gonna right. kill your friend too unless you go and you smuggle these drugs over to germany or if we don't believe any of those conspiracy theories then maybe they just couldn't afford to stay an extra few nights with him right while his ear recovered yeah, maybe. I don't know. I I feel like they were probably in on in it, too. It. Yeah. Especially since they came they came home and they were just kind of like kind of quiet about it. Right. Like you would think that they tried harder. You would think that. I don't know. I don't know. I hope that that guy in Canada is really Lars Matank or that. You know what? No, I don't hope that because that would be sad that he's homeless. I hope that he escaped and is living on a tropical island with Tupac 
and Elvis and is yeah. just like living it up far away from whatever trouble he got into. Right, like he found the Bermuda Triangle. I mean, I think the most likely story is that he's in the 7,000 year old town like <laughs> <laughs> so i couldn't even keep a straight face it's like so stupid why is the town seven thousand years old? i don't like, know what, they, what what could possibly be there that's seven thousand years old like a rock we have romanian listeners we have bulgarian listeners we have german listeners you tell know us what? what you guys think if you guys live in any sort of building or any establishment that is over five thousand years old please talk to me yeah, send us an email Let me know. to let's get haunted send a photo pod of that. at gmail.com. Send a photo. I have to know. I need to know. And by the way, you're haunted. Okay, <sighs> Bulgaria is haunted, right? Like, there's no way that that country is not uh, the right. most haunted country on earth. Right. At the most basic level, there's tons of demonology there, you know, yeah. because you have all the these people killing and... each other and being like, you know, the mafia and stuff. Like, there's lots of demons there. This that shit's are wild. The story praying. is wild to me. I know. I'm stressed out. I feel like we're going to get killed now because you told me this story. I know. I feel like we stumbled onto something with this. Um, with the vampires? With the, I don't know. With all of it. I just feel like I have learned too much and bad things are coming. Do us a favor, guys. Go to the Reddit and tell us which one of these theories is... You know what? First of all, you're going to have to make a throwaway account because we don't want you to get followed. Yeah. So make your throwaway account. Go to our Reddit. Let's get haunted and tell us what you think. All right. You want to do our sign off, Natalia? Um, yeah. BRB. I got to go to a 7,000 <laughs> 7, year old. <laughs> 7,000. Yeah. I have to go to a 7,000 year old town to... <laughs> To make sure that there's a skeleton pinned into the ground so <laughs> it can't um, reanimate and yeah. eat my soul All right. before the Baba Yaga comes. <laughs> All right, guys. Bye. Bye. Bye.